and I'm your host, James Roberts. Before we get started with this week's show, first off, let me take this opportunity to welcome back the regular listeners, and if this is your first time listening to the show, I hope you enjoy this episode and decide to subscribe to the show. And on today's show, I've got Emma Baker. So welcome on the show, Emma. Thank you. I'm really excited to be here and to be having a chat. So for the listeners and also the viewers, can you tell, can you give me a brief introduction to who you are and what you do? Um, for me, I guess, you know, with, with my own journey, I realized that mindset was missing from the fitness industry after dabbling in it for about seven years and achieving results but never actually being able to attain them. So now I live in my passion, which is uh, which what I call weight management revolution, and that is putting into the industry weight management psychology. So talk to me a little bit more about weight loss psychology. So I guess like the first part is going into telling yourself a little bit about me. So then when I explain weight management psychology, it comes from a place where a lot of people are able to um, relate. And for me, I guess the passion came from being losing 60 kilos, yet never really truly being able to keep the weight off. Like I would always constantly find the next extreme, you know, and through that extreme, I would lose weight and that was great. But then you know, once that coach had, you know, not, not, I wasn't able to afford that coach at that time, then being able to fall off straight away, I was back lost into how I would then keep achieving the results and not having those messages to push me a little bit and telling me that strength is everything. And if you fall off the bandwagon, like, you know, don't let yourself down. And I guess the confusion in that, and then I would find the next thing, which would be say, um, a cleanse diet. And that's amazing. And I knew that the nutrition was amazing, yet trying to keep and retain the results to me made no sense. Like I didn't know how to do it. I knew it was there. And at the time I was constantly looking for um, this rah-rah moment where I was like, I've made it. Like this is my, you know, this is my answer. This is my diet that's going to change everything for me. And you know, after losing 60 kilos, I would constantly lose weight, gain weight, lose weight, gain weight. I came to realization that it was mindset that was missing. Like I wasn't in the mindset to be able to accept the results I was achieving, nor I wasn't in the mindset to ever be able to keep the results because everything I was doing was excessive. And then I got um, introduced to a college and it's the first course of its kind that I study, um, studied and it's weight management psychology. So weight management psychology is pretty much the psychological side behind our whole journey. And it's exactly what's missing from the industry because, you know, there's so many, um, and this is predominantly from the industry, there are some people that do it, but, you know, there's so many people I speak to and it shows me how important it is even after things I've learned. It's taking back to basics and granting permission to live again, you know, to understand that you can achieve your results um, like incredibly and amazingly, but you can do it with the right mindset to be able to live at the same time and not have excessive reclusive behaviors. So yeah, that's why I get really fired up about it. But does it come back to the fact that, uh, you say that extreme to get results, uh, does it come back to the people are swayed to a certain extent by what is portrayed in the media? 100%. So 
you know what and not just in the media it's just everyday life when we go to a coach when we go when we every single part of the industry and that's not just coaches that's not just pts that's just the way that we look to results to get results is in an excessive manner where we want to do something strict 100 percent no you know no swaying from it and if we do then we're going to fail and um, it is definitely media that shows us that, and especially when there's all these 30-day diets, six-week diets, four-week four diets, all these results, and you see the testimonials, which people are like, wow, if I stay strict for four weeks, I'm going to get results. But then they never actually portray the four weeks after that where someone's falling off the bandwagon. Because why? What? Show me something six months later after the four weeks, and that's when I'll be like, that's amazing. But the results we are led to believe are not actually results of the mentality that we're trying to achieve. It's of the physical result, which we're trying to achieve, yet we don't realize we're physically trying to find this mentality of, okay, I've made it, yet that's actually a mindset. Well, they don't show the after effects because in most cases, obviously, like you say, they, uh, they've fallen off or they're putting that weight on and obviously from a marketing standpoint it's uh, probably a massive negative obviously you wouldn't sell the product exactly and I guess that's why I'm so passionate about putting this in and literally creating a revolution to put this study in the industry not just me with making my impact with people it's you know for me I'm so passionate because from even a 30-minute conversation with someone, their whole life changes just from granting them permission to understand that they're okay, they're human. You know, if you crave something, you're like, why are we living in a society where food keeps getting better, yet the deprivation gets even even stronger? Like, how are we living, how are we ever going to gain balance if we don't understand that food is not the enemy, it's overeating the food. And it's, you know, our mindset behind the results we're trying to achieve. And if we can change that through studying it or going to somebody that understands it, the whole, everything changes in life. Well, that, that notion that people are, how would I put it, um, afraid of eating, I think it comes back to that they feel that if I have, say, for example, I don't know, a cookie or something like that, they feel obviously it's going to have a detrimental effect on well, mm. they, we'll say the diet but in the grand scheme of things it's like but if you put say for my clients for example i i kind of put it in perspective for them it's like if you know say for example they, they're going to go out for a, a meal and it's not planned it's like well if you've done say for example with flexible dieting you've planned to a certain extent that allows you to have that one meal of indulgence i guess that is like exactly exactly right that's what we need to take it down to is just learning balance but also is flexible dieting is being given this name of flexible dieting but really flexible dieting is living you know even when i speak to people about flexible dieting i'm like what even is it it that's life Flexible dieting, and the thing is, in, in in the industry now, we're so scared of flexible dieting because to us, that's not excessive, which means no results. But it's actually the fact that you're not going to binge on a Saturday. You're just going to have a little bit of something when you feel like it. 
And that's a, that's human nature. Our body needs sugar. Our body needs carbs. We need to be less scared, change the mentality behind why we're trying to achieve our results, not because we want to be skinny or not because we want to, um, you know, build muscle, not because we want to physically look this way, but because our body deserves to be at its best. So if we can change the mindset behind why we're trying to achieve our results, because even in um, society and in the media, we put these actions in um, these perfect, you know, we feel as though if we are on this mission and our, our actions are perfect, so we eat 100% clean and we're going to do all this, um, we can, we are always still going to say that we're not chasing perfection, yet why do we chase this, you know, this results that's always excessive in the, in the process? like perfection in our results, yet we don't actually want perfection. It's like, what What are we doing? Well, that's probably the, the wrong mindset to have in the first place is trying to mm. get to perfection because to a certain extent it doesn't exist. Exactly. That's my point. We can, If I spoke to anyone, they'd be like, I don't want to be perfect. So I'm like, so why are you grilling yourself every single day with a mindset to try to achieve that, yet you don't want to achieve it? You've just had a cookie. That's okay. Like, you just then continue eating healthy. Cookies are okay. A thousand cookies are not. Well, it's, you know, put, like, it's putting it into yeah, perspective. Put, it's putting, obviously, that into perspective. And, obviously, it's... Well, if you consume anything to excess, you're going to lose weight. And then, if you, say, put it on the other flip side... Uh, having a diet where you can lose weight on eating 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 a chocolate bar for, for if you wanted to. Yes, and that's how like I tell people it's just like you are human. Let's just get back to basics of self love. If you can love yourself, you're going to fuel yourself with what you deserve. You're not going to crave McDonald's because your body deserves to be fueled with the best food that's going to make you the best you can be. Not because you'll look better. But because you'll feel better, the looks come anyway. You know, eat the salad because it's good for your digestive system, because it's good for your skin, because it's good for your body, because you deserve to be healthy. Not because you're chasing a physical result, yet the physical result still comes. So it's changing the way we actually put the actions in, the way we eat, the reasons why we do what we do, not the actual result. And if you do go out for dinner, don't become a, like I got to a point where I was such a recluse. I would, you know... Um, even like no nights I would want to go out and socialize because I knew that meant I was not going to have the foods that I knew I, I was craving. I mean, I knew I would have them. And for me, then the next day, because I told myself I can't have it, I would eat triple. And then it's like, why am I even putting myself through this grueling process when I have it anyway? Because our minds don't know any different. We te- we can like admit that, you know, in a, in a, in a partner or in some, uh, the opposite sex or the same sex, whatever you go for. We always want what we can't have. It is ex- exactly the same process with foods. So you tell yourself you can't have that chocolate. All you can think about is having it. You tell yourself you can have it. I used to be like the biggest obsessor when it came to chocolate, carbs, and I would eat a whole loaf of bread in a sitting. And this is even when I had abs because I was so excessively choosing the fact that I can't have it. Now, I never even crave foods. I don't even know what that's like anymore. And if I feel like something, I just go do it. And I'm okay with that. And I'm living again, you know? And I think that in society and in the industry now, 
we actually don't realize how deep we're in and how bad our mindset is until we're out. Well, that's a big one because I think I'm similar. If I don't have the actual, well, I don't want to say ingredient, but product in the house, then I don't crave it. But if it's there, obviously I'll eat it. But that comes back to the mindset mm-hmm. of, in some cases, oh, I can't, it's like a, a graph as such. But if you're craving, uh, we say, we'll use that analogy of the chocolate again, you're actually craving other vitamins and minerals, which you can get from something else. Correct. And just because, um, you know, we choose that we can't have it, we are. We need to become more self-aware to the point of why we're craving something and knowing the fact that there is a substitute that's healthier that you can fuel that feeling with. But if you do end up having it, tell yourself it's okay, just have a little bit, walk away from it, you know, because that happens regardless. When we're in a mindset, we're going to do it regardless. So if we can do it and do minimal damage with the fact that you're human, it's there, you know, it's at the shops, it's everywhere actually. And you can choose the reasons why you feel your body. And if you do it with the right reasons, you're not going to excessively do it to a point where it harms you. I think that notion comes back to the fact that it's not dwelling on the, on you're going to eat it and not victimizing yourself and kind of being harsh on yourself that you are we're not falling off the bandwagon, but kind of straying off the path a little bit. It's like, well, that one bit of chocolate isn't isn't gonna isn't gonna hurt you as long as you do you're doing everything else to the best of your ability. Exactly, and that's the point. It's it's just getting back to basics and admitting the fact that we're human. We breathe. You know, we're all walking this life, and. We don't need to be perfectionist in the process. We need to just learn to be able to live to how we can live. Don't keep grueling yourself to a lifestyle that you can't actually obtain because you're not actually that person. You know, I was like, I want to do gym seven days a week, only eat chicken and broccoli, do this. And I'm like, that's cool. But I was literally, I love having a wine and going to dinner with girlfriends and living to just be social and, you know, being me. So now if I can actually take it back to living to live, Some days I go to the gym and I'll do a crazy session and it's amazing. But then if I don't want to, I live to how I can live in that day and I'm okay with that. I'll go for a 20-minute walk and do some gratitude. So it's releasing the pressure off yourself to be this thing where if you fall off, you fall off for a long time. Just coming to, I guess, tear back all those layers. Start And the way I always start with anyone is granting them permission Um, from an outside perspective to acknowledge the fact that they're good enough to learn self-love and then everything changes from there but the like the number one step with this whole process is acknowledging how how um, how worth it we are and you know that regardless of your journey or if you've fallen off if you've gained weight again regardless of where you are you're good enough and let's do it for the right reasons now but I think that's the, probably the problem with most people and they don't have uh, that quote-unquote the why factor as to why why do you want to actually get to this result that you crave? Is it for 
because I want to look like such and such in the media, uh, or is it because for My actual favorite. health health reason to be there for, like, if you use the analogy of quitting smoking, if you, it's being there for your kids later on in life, that's why you are get, quitting. This is probably one of my favorite subjects because it's something, I don't know if you've seen some of my videos, but this is something that I'm so passionate about because what I found in the media is that we're so accustomed to make a why bigger than who we are. So that's cool. Like you will maybe achieve the results, but if you don't ultimately do your why and make your process of what your choices you make because of who you are and who we are, um, nothing will ever be as effective as it could be. If we learn self-love, self-worth, starting from the scratch of the fact that we are good enough to show others that they are good enough. You know, I'm good enough to obtain the best health I can have because I want to live this life the best I can be because I'm breathing, because I'm human. And if I can do that, I can not only help you do that, but I can also show you that you're doing it for you. And then the bigger, like the why outside of that, the goal is obviously those things that, you know, come with it to be there for my kids, to be healthy, to be fit, to look good for my partner. They're all amazing, but the predominant answer to who, like our why is because because of us. You know, us as humans, we need to start chasing our dreams and our goals and our life and happiness because we are good enough for it. And then moving forward to goals being for the reason. But I feel as though in society we're so... Like any motivational speaker that I've heard, like a lot of them, and the way society has turned us is that everyone always says, write down your goal board, what's your why? You know, what's that car that you're chasing with your um, with your dream job? Like what do you what does your home look like? And all these things that I'm like, that's amazing. But how about just gaining success because you're you're capable of it? And what about getting that body because you're good enough to have that body because you're amazing? I like to start with that. It's because we are so accustomed to believe that it's something else. And I feel as though if we can start chasing um, our goals and the things we're trying to achieve with the fact that we are good enough for that, life then changes as a, at a whole new level. And when you attain the success you're wishing to achieve, it feels so different. But does it not come back to that notion that people are concerned, probably more so in society today with uh, what other people think and obviously that that one you brought up with other motivational speakers talking about your why obviously getting a better car what did your house look like well those two are a bit superficial it's not that important in the grand scheme of things Mm-hmm. I think it's the whole picture I feel as though in society we're so used and even with friends with whatever it is we're used to you know, feeling as though ego takes over if we say that it's because we're good enough because, you know, I love who I am and because I deserve that. It's it's not that people actually view you to be that. It's that we are scared that they will, you know. And what I teach people is there's a difference between ego and confidence. Confidence means you're good enough. Ego means you're, you think you're better than someone else. Completely different things. And if we can be confident, and the people we are, it doesn't have to necessarily be be physical, even though you bloody should be confident in your physical appearance because you are you. What can you do about it? Nothing. At the moment, right now in the moment, 
So just love who you are in that moment and then move forward to what you wish to achieve. But that doesn't happen from grueling with sadness. Why wait two years to feel good about yourself when you can do it now purely by changing your mindset, literally? Change it to be good enough, then you are. I think, Emma, this comes back to the notion, I think, uh, talking to Mike Marshhausen what was it, the other day on another podcast, he was saying it comes back to other extenuating factors as to why you can't um, deal with a certain situation at that money, but at, the, at this particular moment, be it uh, you've got a financial issue, it could be down to um, a factor you had at childhood, and it's not not deal not dealing with the 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 problem, but it's not uh, how would I put it. Um, coming to the realization and trying to solve what the initial trigger is. So once you get to that 100%. initial trigger, you can obviously feel yeah. better in and yourself. I guess that comes down to as well is the fact that when somebody says that they're feeling uneasy or you know, they've had a, a crap day or they're feeling not so good at the moment. It's that's where that's the exact thing is that you need to get down to the fine reason as to why you're feeling that way. Don't put it to a hole. Don't just say, you know, I, I am this person because I have no confidence or because of this or that, or, you know, the triggers to what's happened in your past, find out what's holding you back, deal with that. Then you're unstoppable. We all have things and challenges that we've been through, but it's working on the traits that it's holding you back in as to why and putting in the work to become better. We all have those setbacks and we all have those challenges, but if we can you know, align with what we're trying to achieve and just get reach out, and like what I always say to people is there's so many people in this world that want to help. And the only way we can change things is if we be real with ourselves and reach out to those people that care. You know, we're so scared now, but it comes down to connecting. Come come back to being, you know, the human race where we connect with each other and reach out and care for each other. And there's so many people out here that do care. So I just, you know, I'm so strong in that facet that if you have got something that's holding you back, you've got a trigger, you feel, you know, really self-conscious or you've had a relationship issue that's held you back, whatever it is, reach out to somebody that can help you with that trait and then move forward. Don't stay in a suffering state. But I don't. I don't know. Well, it's probably more so the men that they've got that they have that problem with reaching out. I don't know if I could generalize and say the women don't have that problem because that would be generalizing. But obviously, with the male, it's more of a. We've been taught to obviously have a put this wall up and have a male bravado, and obviously, yeah, everything's all right and. To sit, well, the person themselves know within within them that everything is not right. Uh, I could use, if I use myself as the example, I may say things that are okay, but if you know me and been around me a lot, you could tell by my body language that something's not right, or my facial expressions, I don't feel quite well. so. If you can pick up on those cues, obviously you can say that you you can tell that I'm being lying lying straight to your face that I'm saying everything's okay. So it's it's probably like you say it's 
not getting to that point. But obviously, if there's something wrong, uh, wrong, you need to obviously express things because people can't always tell if uh, if you're not hundred percent yourself because you might you might be quite good at hiding your true feelings. Exactly, and I believe in life there is no such thing except for the way we feel. So. You could be doing any job, you could be communicating with any people, but unless you're not feeling good, you're not going to achieve the results you're trying to achieve because, you know, the things things in life, goals, we're all searching for a feeling, right? So if we don't hold responsibility to that feeling and chase it and go for it for the right reasons in the right way, we're never going to get there. So it's tearing back all the layers of what we thought to, to you know, get those results and all those um, I guess in society, ways to do it, and especially even holding in our feelings, and then it'll just go away. It doesn't. So even if you are male, it's like there are so, like I would be completely happy with speaking to a male and opening up about that. And I understand that it's hard for males, but just knowing that you are your own barrier, and you know it's okay as a human for us to feel all emotions. And I believe that challenges are what create us, and challenges are in my eyes, so appreciated because the perception of them is every lesson I have and every challenge I have, I'm like, okay, a lesson is going to be learnt out of this and I'm going to grow. But it's just not allowing the feeling to hold you down. Well, I think it comes back to that notion that you should probably reflect on your day to a certain extent and not dwell upon obviously the stuff that didn't go right uh, it's looking at well okay what oh, if it did go wrong what was it what did you do to overcome it and obviously that would be a positive and looking what went right and there's probably some good things but you'll probably if you didn't write it down to reflect upon it you'd probably only look at the negative things that will happen happened or why, why did uh Mm-hmm. Uh, why did I miss the bus and I was late to work? It's like, well, if you use that positive mindset, okay, you've missed the bus, okay. It, if you look at it from a negative perspective, that could go on to ruin the rest of your day. Whereas you're thinking, well, allowing it, to it not it's take it's it's happened. There's nothing you can do about it. It's how can you make your day better on on beyond that. So okay, okay, it's not great being late for work, but what could you do tomorrow to make that not be the case? Okay, you might have to go in a bit earlier because or get get up a bit earlier to, mm-hmm. so that doesn't happen. But I find that I guess putting it on paper does release a lot of overthinking because confusion when we're stressed. We don't necessarily always think about the thing that's stressing us. We just feel anxiety or we feel this tension. And if we can put it on paper as to what it is, it's like, oh, my God, that's not even a big deal. You know, like it could be a bill that's outstanding and it's minimal and you can pay it. It's like I've just paid it now. Everything's better. You know, so it's putting on paper and being like whatever it is, you can fix it and putting an action in that moment, regardless of what it is, regardless of how deep it is, just putting in some sort of action and you'll release some of the overthinking about it. There's no such thing as overthinking, I don't believe. It's just become we're self-aware. And when you overthink something, it's because you're resisting it or you're not dealing with it. 
So it's putting it down on paper. It's realizing that there is an out. There always is. Every single time, regardless of what the problem is, there is a way to feel better. So just acknowledging that and then moving forward. Even if it is the bus, you know, life. Sorry, boss. Like, I'm just a bit late. Like, I'm human. I miss the bus. It's okay. But not allowing it to take over. Like, for me, I make mistakes all the time. But I'll just acknowledge them and say, this is a lesson. Like, I'm sorry. Because we're not, we're not, perf- we're not perfect. There is no such thing. Mistakes happen. You know, if your intention wasn't to go out there and hurt anyone or, you know, deliberately be late, then you're okay. Life goes on. Just acknowledge it and move forward straight away and be real in it. Own up to it. Be responsible for the challenges we have and also the positive we have. You know, the positive things we do, acknowledge. The challenges we face, acknowledge. And then everything's better because it's okay. Life will never be perfect and how boring would it be if it was? So, you know, in society, we like a lot of people, we become victim to what we go through. Yet if we didn't go through them, how bored would we all be? Well, you, you say society. I think it comes to that notion. Uh, you kind of judge yourself on somebody else's life where it's like, wow, is that truly attainable? Are they actually happy in their life? So it's like, well, it's not, it's, it's, I think it's become excessive to a certain extent with the media. They kind of dra- drive it down your throat. Oh, this person's doing this, this, this. <laughs> it's, it's definitely a big one in the UK with reality television. It's like, well, you're putting it on television because it's cheap to make. And that's the only mm-hmm. reason it's on there. Mm-hmm. 100%. But then, and then obviously those people become celebrities. It's like, well, you're not really a celebrity because you've been on a reality television. It's, 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 you would be class, I don't know, if you were given a, a kind of category, probably like a, I don't know, D, D, D lister to, to, to a certain extent, something like that. Because you're not, you're not really that important. Okay, you, you've been on the television. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you've not actually, I don't know, made anything, added any mm-hmm. value to somebody's life. Okay. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's made the, a big proportion of the population watch it. It's like, well, I don't like things like that but somebody else might do and mm-hmm. you become famous and make money off it. It's like, well, most of these things now, now I can, I can, I can understand, say we use big brother as the as example, the context in the beginning, I can understand because it's a psychological phenomena, putting people in a house and they don't have uh, access to the outside world. Okay. That's to set, that's to, test well what are they going to do whereas now i think tv shows like that they pick people at the big initial stage that mm. are going to conflict on purpose oh if we put mm-hmm. i don't know somebody that's got a different opinion and views they're going to clash it's like well well that's obvious they're going to clash in the outside world let alone in a in a, in a locked house exactly i 100 percent agree And I guess it's, you know, for us being able to, you know, you do what you do to try and make an impact on lives in many different ways. And 
that's all we can do, learn lessons or, you know, reach out to people and impact people. And for me, it's like I like to be authentic with everything I do. And the only words I speak is because of scenarios I've gone through and things I can relate with. And I feel like if everyone stepped into that and didn't care about what, you know, Tom, Dick or Harry thought, life would be so different. You know, anyone has lessons to teach, whether it's even to do with a car. You know, there's so many people out there looking to learn about cars. So you're going to make an impact. So it's like whatever impact you can make, go out and chase it and that's life. Regardless of what it is, you are just as powerful as somebody that can, you know, mesmerize someone and make them quit smoking. Like regardless of what impact it is you're making, you're giving someone the same result as what we're all trying to achieve. So what you're passionate about, follow it, impact world, uh, impact lives and, you know, learn lessons for yourself. That's life. And Emma, uh, how do you go about um, re-evaluating your goals now, obviously, be it because you've got to, I will not say perfect physique, but you probably, <laughs> I will not say perfect, but you're happy within yourself. What, how do you re-evaluate to keep yourself, obviously, on that um, straight and narrow? So for me, my goal is health and whatever that looks like on that day is as long as I can feel happy within my own skin, some days I'm going to be bloated. Some days I'm not. Like some days I'm going to work really hard. Some days I'm just going to go out, have a pizza and a beer with friends. But what it comes down to is keep my goal is keeping balance and understanding the reasons why behind what I do and, you know, holding myself accountable to the journey that I'm on for the right reasons and going out and helping others do the same. So when it comes to a physical, um, I guess, physical goal that I don't even honestly set goals with it because I know that they happen on the journey I'm on. Like I just keep, I keep getting fitter. I keep losing weight, but I'm not actually trying to, but the, I'm acknowledging the results and I love it, but I'm not actually setting a physical goal because I know that the harder I work with my mindset and the more I love my process, the goal, physical goal happens. Because, right, if I said to you, like, my goal is abs, how do I know what that looks like? How do I know when that would happen? Like, how do I know what it would take to get to that goal? And would I even like it when I got there? So, for me, it's just like I chase this mindset goal and I know that my ultimate and euphoric health will happen regardless. My best will happen. So my physical, as long as I know every day that I'm chasing my goals and I'm putting the work in to achieve my best, then I'm okay with that. And when I get there, it will look good, whatever it is, I'm sure, because it's healthy. But that to me, physical, honestly, I don't look at as long as I'm on the right mindset. Like if I, you know, obviously steered away and started becoming unhealthy in my eating again and stuff like that, I would... Um, take steps back but now that I've studied weight management psychology I don't but does it come back does it come back sorry to interrupt uh does it come back to that notion obviously that you are obviously comfortable in your own skin and like you said I think with the with if we come back to the point with the abs I think it's uh would you say it was more a generalization that men want to achieve that because of maybe but for me that's just like an example regardless of what goal i set skinny legs right physical goal cool but 
is my body capable of skinny legs and is that healthy for me? Like, how do I know unless I just keep on this journey, become the healthiest I can be, then set my goal as to have made it. But how do I know what anything like that looks like on me and if it's an attainable goal that I'm trying to reach? So for me, my goal is keeping on the path. That's it. And then the physical result I know happens and it's happening every day. But I don't myself, like some people will still have amazing mindset and set physical goals. And that's amazing too. But for me personally, I just hold on to the feeling I'm achieving and chasing my goal every day, which is mindset and balance and healthiness and, you know, fueling my body the best way I can. And I know that the universe has got me and I know that, you know, my goal and my body is changing regardless. So I'm going to celebrate my results in the fact of the day and feel amazing and know that I've deserved it and I've worked hard for it, but I'm not going to look into the future of what I'm striving for because that to me is a mindset every day. I strive for mindset and I strive for strength and I strive for results, but I do it in the way that I, you know, reward myself for knowing that I've done it authentically and I feel amazing for it. And if we go back to that point with the physical one, I'm probably very much similar it's, it's people say oh do you have a goal it's like well not not really because for me as a coach it's a difficult one because okay I don't I don't want to re- like you said that goal of overstretching I I've, I I don't want to or I won't put it in that, it's kind of negative wording. Uh, that notion of getting to the extreme of the lower uh, lower ends of body fat, it's like, for me, it's like, the it's not a requirement that I want. It's, it's And then I can, well, speaking to other coaches and them telling me, well, I'm at this percentage, but these are the negatives you're thinking, no, that's definitely not for me. I I don't want I I I I don't want to take the negatives with the positive. It's like yeah. well, it's it's not worth. If you look at it from a grand scheme of things, or well, if you take on board all those negatives, what what's actually the point of going to that far when you you got all those people, negatives to go with it? People are so lost in the goals we're trying to achieve; they don't even realize that we're all trying to achieve a mindset, and that happens from the mind. That doesn't happen from the physical appearance. You're chasing confidence, mate, and that's not going to happen with your body. That happens with it, you know, enjoying the process, knowing that you're worth it, um, acknowledging your your features, loving yourself as you are. That doesn't come from a grueling sense of constant physical excessiveness. It never will. I had abs and I still had the mindset of a 120-kilogram girl. And I treat people and speak to people every single day with the same thing. They've lost, you know, I'm doing a seminar with um, one of my amazing friends, Nathan Mayola, in March. He's lost 150 kilos and is now massively on the mindset journey. I'm like, if that doesn't show you what's important, then what does? And he's on the same thing as me. If we don't work on the mindset, we're never actually going to fully step into who we are. So mindset is 150%. For me, mentality is 90%, action 10%. Not 80% nutrition and 20% exercise. Mindset controls every component. You know how to eat healthy. You know how to exercise. You know how to be physical. 
So how about control the mindset, figure that out, and then it all comes easy. Well, it's, 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 well, some of my clients, they, they, they kind of, not baffled, but they kind of, once they get the, the mental aspect of it right, everything else becomes, I won't say easy, but it, it becomes yes. easier. Enjoyable. I won't say exercise is enjoyable. <laughs> it's enjoyable in the moment of if you do what you wish to do on that day. If you don't wish to go to the gym and do a grueling, crazy workout and you go and do it, it's not necessarily enjoyable. But if you can take yourself out down to the why of why you're doing it and it's to become healthy and because I, you know, release endorphins and that makes me happy and not because I'm just trying to chase a physical goal constantly, it changes everything. Well, that, that that notion of obviously the endorphins, it doesn't really matter if you enjoy the session or not. It's still going to physically happen because it's it's a hormonal response. So, but I think that if we come back to the underlying issue there, and kind of use the analogy of obviously a child. Do you obviously enjoy things more when you're young, younger because you, you don't, don't the- you don't associate all those negative things? Okay, you're not scared of well, well what's going to happen if I do this. You you, you don't mm-hmm. think of the consequences, so it's kind of going back to that notion and mm-hmm. kind of putting it in perspective. When I've gone to speak to schools and they ask me. Uh, why do you do sport? Well, okay, why did I do sport at elite level? Well, I did it because one, I enjoyed it. Uh, okay, I was lucky enough to travel around the world. That was a that was a bonus. But I said the underlying issue there is why people continue on that that journey and stay obviously in sport at that high end uh, level is because they haven't lost that initial. Um, how would I put it? It's not focused, but that initial trigger is obviously they've not, never lost that enjoyment for the sport. It's coming back to if you enjoy something or you love something that you do, you're going to obviously put more into it. So it's it comes to that that point. Okay. If you're still enjoying what you do, you're going to carry on. It's when, to, it's when that point that you... Um, Mm-hmm. get to the point where you hate something that's when you stop well okay most people in life don't get to to do a job that they enjoy it's 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 mm-hmm. to pay the bills but if you can find something that you truly love mm-hmm. it's not a chore exactly find what makes you happy in that moment to achieve that result and you're going to be in euphoria that's all it is not doing things you don't want to do you can obtain the same result in something you do, but I think it's like you say it's it's to if you have that exercise goal in mind, you've got to kind of to a certain extent obviously change your mindset, but you've got to change the way you speak in terms of the wording you use to obviously get better results. Okay, I use those words like. Um, need, want, okay, that for, for in a mindset scenario, they're not great words to use because they're, how do I put it, 
um, kind of what ifs. Okay, I I need. Okay, you could need you could need loads of things, but you 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 want to use wording as. Oh, I can't think off the top of my head, but more positive concept. It's more looking at it's looking at the why more more why so than the want. Yes. Mm-hmm. I just want to warn you, my mum just sent me a message saying that she needs to chat with me, so I hope she's safe and happy. So right. I was like, it's like, mm, I don't know what, why she's trying to call me. But um, I think that you 100% nailed it on the head with, like, your mindset and, you know, your goal behind what you're trying to achieve. And I love what you're doing in the industry and just giving so many people um, different ways of thinking and different aspects of everything. And, you know, that to me is everything because somebody will be able to take something from everything. And to be able to be that person to connect them with so many different mindsets and so many different ways and, you know, so many different things that are going on is incredible. Cheers for that. So what we'll do is I'll I'll wrap the podcast up now. So what if you had to summarise this podcast in one sentence what would that be to for people to take away obtain your why move forward with focus in knowing that you know changing the mindset as to why you're doing it um take it back down to self-worth and because you're good enough to achieve the results make yourself your why and understand that there's a better way and if you can connect with someone that understands the mindset behind weight management you'll be winning so once again, Emma, thanks for taking the time, well, the time out of your day to come on the show. Thank you for having me, and I hope we can do it again. And before I forget, if you wanted to see the video version of this podcast, just type in Mindset Game TV on YouTube, and it should come up. Once again, thanks for listening, and I'll catch you next time for another episode of the Mindset Game Podcast. <laughs>